Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning and welcome along to the Cult Popshire podcast. It's a beautiful sunny morning. And wherever you are. Um, and this is part two of our Oscar season spectacular, mm, the Cult Popshire oh. Oscar season. Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you'd retitled it again. <laughs> the spectacular like, oh, well, Cult Popshire Oscar. <laughs> there's going to be no consistency to it. So once again, you've got me, Richard Martin. You've also got me, AJ. <laughs> and you've got. Uh, me, Aaron Richardson. Were you just not doing last names, or are you just? Well, I mean, AJ because Jay compri- is the last. Yeah, name. Jay's, Jay's, Jay's comprised last of my last name. So yeah, you're saved on my phone as AJ Jones. That's and incorrect. it's like that's not even true. My middle name starts with an R. Yeah, Arj. Yeah, AJ is a fraud. <laughs> to put it technically, I mean, no, nah, that's fair enough. Just <laughs> <laughs> the resignation. About to get indignant. Right, but then I'm going to go home, yeah. guys. Uh, we're here to talk about the biggest Oscar snubs of all time. Now, AJ, do you want to define a snub for me? Um, so the, we sort of worked out before there are kind of three categories of snub. So there's if you're nominated for something and you don't win it, but you deserved it, that's a snub. Um, if you have you if you weren't even nominated to begin with that's also a snub and as more of a general term if you're a, a like director or actor of note and you've never even won maybe never been nominated they're sort of the same thing um then that's also a snub there is an airplane that i assume is just circling our house so if you can hear that i apologize <laughs> for for that that sound i assume we've gone to war uh, and that's the first the first bomb that's about to drop. They're but probably good playing, thing we still need podcasts. They're probably the, playing Fortnite. Apocalypse. It's a reference I learnt today. You guys played Fortnite? No. No. Neither. I, I was hope, I was asked to download it so that my friend would have some, someone to play with. I hope it's about flying in planes and dropping bombs, because if it's not... Poor. All right. Um, yeah, Aaron, was, were you happy with that snub definition? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, that's kind of how we're dividing it today. So, we're talking about people that have been nominated but never won. And obviously, there's like those people like specific snubs. And so, it's quite interesting because people, obviously, it was a meme for a long time with Leonardo DiCaprio uh, that he'd never won an Oscar. But we don't need to talk about that today because he's got one. So, we can never shut up about him. But the thing about Leonardo DiCaprio is that he just, he deserved that Oscar for Revenant. What's a reverse snub? Yeah, I was thinking about should we uh, include. Yeah, a snub <laughs> of, of like, yeah, times when undeserving people won. But then that means that there probably is a snub. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they they are. A, a snub is equal parts person who deserved it and person who got it. Yeah. So. Um, so what better place to start with the, uh, than with the, the granddaddy of all snubs, mm. our boy Roger Deakins, cinematographer. Deco. He's had 13... The Deeks. 
13 nominations for best cinematography, but he's never won. Now, Roger, D- are you go- either of you guys into cinematography? Okay, well, not as a craft. Like, I appreciate it when it's good, but I'm, I'm not. But do a- you follow cinematographers? No. Well, exactly, that's, right? Yeah. That's what I was going to say is Deacon should have an Oscar purely because he's the only cinematographer whose name I know. I've ever heard of. Like, like Except for Wally Fister, and I only remembered his name because he's got Fister in his name. It's, yeah, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a, there's a there's a couple I know as well, like Emmanuel Lubisky. Um, you could be making that up. I'd have no idea. He no. Nah, well, we'll get to him. Um, we'll get to what and, I've made up. Uh, or Dick Pope, because when he was nominated for an Oscar, um, uh, who was it? I think maybe Chris Pine read out the name as Dick Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Roger Deakins. Let's uh, let's have a chat about because obviously, as you say, we all like have heard his name before. I mean, people out there in um, podcast land might not know his name, but you certainly know some of his work. And even if you're not into cinematography, a lot of these films you can appreciate. And so let's have a chat about how many times he's been nominated. Let's wag our chins and, and <laughs> what, what. And it's interesting to look at what he lost to. So his first nomination came in 1994. He's nominated for the Shawshank Redemption. I, okay, I don't, I don't necessarily think of the Shawshank Redemption for its cinematography. Yeah, but do you think of Legends of the Fall for its cinematography? Yeah, that's what are, it lost are you kidding to. me? <laughs> it's Legends yeah. of the Fall. So, yeah, a lot of these films are like I've picked like cool, for, like ones that like oh, I know this, and then it lost to something I've never heard of, so I can't really comment and on it. We've already <laughs> just collectively used the joke of us being like, yeah, that was great, so we can't do that for all of them. Well, again, so 1996, it was nominated again for Fargo. Uh, that lost to the English Patients. That, I think that was might have his first collaboration with Fargo's, the Coen Brothers. Fargo's pretty beautiful. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it does did some good work with the Coen Brothers. So the Cobras, the Cobras. <laughs> Nick, the next year after that, he was, did a film called um, Kundun, K U N D U N. Mm. I hadn't heard of it. Lost to Titanic, and it's like, yeah, you can't, they kind yeah. of gave all the awards to Titanic. Yeah. So then you had Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? First film to use uh, color correction, and that lost to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Well, then he had The Man Who Wasn't There, another Coen Bros film, and that lost to Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. So, again... Lord of, yeah, Lord of the Rings is better. <laughs> okay, now, uh, here's another one. 2007, uh, he was nominated for The Assassination of Jesse James by the, coward Rob, by the Coward Robert Ford, which is a beautiful movie. That's a, that's a movie, I think, of cinematography. Yeah. However, it lost to There Will Be Blood. Ooh. And then he was also nominated for No Country for Old Men, which also lost to There Will Be Blood. <laughs> Right, yeah. So he like thought 2007, oh, Dublin year. nominations. <laughs> then uh, the year after that, The Reader, that lost to Slumdog Millionaire. True Grit lost to Inception. Or, yeah, I think I think I would have given it to True Grit. That's, yeah. that's my first, I don't know, the Fargo one as well. I probably would have given yeah. it to. It was Wally Fister that won for Inception. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been too, because that's why I read his name. Yeah. Uh, Skyfall. Now, this is a beautiful film. Yeah. It probably should have oh, won yeah. it. It did get, do pretty well for the technical categories. And that lost to Life of Pi, which I remember was a controversial win because it's a lot of it. Like, I mean, it's 90% green screened. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a controversial win. Yeah. I don't, I've never yeah. seen Life of Pi, mainly because I don't like how it looks. It oh, looks Life like of Pi my, is pretty beautiful. It looks like my eyes are going to get cavities from yeah. watching it. Yeah, it is pretty visually like stunning but like again that comes down to philosophically like what do you consider like yeah like like especially deacons like his style is often uh sort of like the equivalent of like non-diegetic light where it's like 
or diegetic light. Where, so where it's like light the, caused by something within the scene itself. Yeah. So it's not just like this character's lit because they're because we need to see their face. It's like there's a window there or there's like a neon light in the background. That's and a really interesting yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you see, yeah, you look at any of like Roger Deakins' work and you can almost always tell where the light source is, whereas a lot of other ones are just like, they just need you to see everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so, and which is like a good thing because if you start to analyze, you know, oh, this beautiful shot in a film, you're like, wait, where is the light coming from? It doesn't happen that much, but it's, it's a... It's an interesting thing that when you look for it in Deacon's work, you can see it. And whereas Life of Pi is all artificial, pretty much, because it's... it's yeah, that's you know, bullshit. Life of Pi shouldn't have won cinematography. I've never seen it, but... <laughs> well, if that, if that got you riled up, just wait for uh, for 2013 when Prisoners, another beautiful film... Oh, I'm already riled. ...lost to Gravity. <laughs> Ah, oh, but Gravity's pretty good. But again, but Gravity's... similar yeah. argument. Oh, right? okay, sure. Yeah. Where, but yeah, Gravity did do a lot of work with... Because cinematography isn't just, like, the framing of the... the There's still the camera work as well. Yeah, right? and, yeah. and um, lighting and stuff is a, is a huge part of it. And so Gravity, they, like, invented these rigs where they would have... Um, so they'd put, like, say, George Clooney in a space suit and he's in this box... And the light source can come from anywhere in the box. So, like, when he's supposed to be spinning, you see, like, the lights just, like, flipping around him. So, like, they did do some pretty impressive stuff with lighting for that. And then the year after that, he did a film called Unbroken, which lost to Birdman. Birdman had to win that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, not yeah, only yeah. is it beautiful, but the one-take thing is. is yeah. And then Sicario, the year after that, which lost to The Revenant, which completed not only Emmanuel Lebeski's hat trick of oscar wins for gravity birdman and the revenant but also his hat trick of beating roger deacons and and deserving it here's the thing though say what you want about leonardo dicaprio and the revenant and we did that in the last oscar episode the revenant is is the first film i saw where i where the cinematography left me Breath, like breathless like i loved this movie. <laughs> i actually I, they, had to, they had to call the, the, the emt in the cinema because okay. they were like he's not breathing yeah. <laughs> like i don't know i i think i think the revenant is one of the most well shot films i've ever seen yeah yeah and that's all natural lighting as well eh? so like yeah they shot that in golden hour <clears throat> yeah golden yeah. hour so they in they the would snow. only shoot for like an hour a day for when the lighting was perfect which was i guess like Emmanuel Lebeski's, I hope I'm saying his last name right. Because uh, I mean, Gravity, there's like all these inventive techniques. Birdman, he's like, I'm going to challenge myself and do this. And then The Revenant did the same thing again. It was um, uh, what's his face as well. He's sort of he's the sort guy of, that directed it. <laughs> that guy that directed it. Um, he sort of did the equivalent of Leonardo DiCaprio of like, how tough yeah. can I make it for myself to pull through? Yeah. And then of course, 2017, he's nominated for Blade around 2049. I hope he wins. Just, I mean, look at some of the stills from that thing. That's a great example of like the whole he uses natural light to light his scenes, like that. That that shot of of um, you've, it's the it's the money shot from Blade Runner twenty forty nine yeah. of, of Joy, the giant hologram, like pointing at um, K on the on that like air bridge like that i don't know what it is about that shot maybe it's just that it's a little bit sexy i don't know but <laughs> oh, it's I, very I, sexy i love that shot it's so there's something so scary about it about this like giant towering figure there's something so beautiful and beautiful i've said sexy already there's something so beautiful about like the the ultraviolet 
light yeah, well, just like, know, like yeah, it's just a, like pink and blue um, yeah, looks yeah. so beautiful especially in like a neo noir setting yeah, yeah. but anyway so this year he's up against uh, Bruno Del Bonnell for the Darkest Hour this, there is a pretty cool camera work in there. Yeah. And, um, I heard the camera work was just too dark for like hours. Yeah, well, like one hour. So. <laughs> <laughs> An hour in the middle. <laughs> the middle hour. A continuous hour. Yeah, the whole film was like leading up to just an hour of darkness. That's so funny. <laughs> but he... Um, yeah, there's a couple of cool things in there where like there's... That's one of those films where quite often the cinematography will like insist upon itself. Like the first time you see... Winston Churchill, it's like a dark room and then there's like a and then it's um, lighting a match and it just kind of, it just barely ignites his face. And there's also the bit where he gives the speech, you know, the speech and uh, there's the only light source is like this red light that says he's on air and the whole thing's washed in red and it's, it's quite quite cool. Anyways, uh, Rachel Morrison, Mudbound. Haven't seen it. First ever female cinematography oh, nomination. Man. So uh, how 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 often are female cinematographers around? Like not often. No. But the yeah, first one ever nominated. So yeah. cool. It's pretty sexist. Uh, sexist if she doesn't win. Uh, you've also got <laughs> Hoyt, Hoyt Van Hoytman. That's not his name. For uh, <laughs> try again for Dunkirk. <laughs> that, that is how you say his name. Is it? Yeah, Hoyt Van Hoytman. Hoyt Van Hoytman. Yeah. H-O-Y-T-E space V-A-N space H-O-Y-T-E-M-A. His parents aren't. His parents are dicks. <laughs> like, you already got the last name Van Hoytman, and then you're like, let's name him Hoyt. <laughs> Real uh, do you want me to see if I can do some research into Hoyt Van Hoytman's last name? <laughs> please, uh, please do. Pronounce. For, for everyone at home. He also shot her. He shot Speaker. He shot her. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he shot Dunkirk. That's yeah, Dunkirk's Ooh, pretty yeah. good. That, yeah. That'll be Blade Runner's biggest. Uh, well, I would say Dan, old Dan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who uh, did cinematography shape for Shape of Water. I'd say that's that's mm. probably the favorite. Mm. Because Blade Runner twenty four nine only has one nomination, I think. Oh man, and and it's for but Shape yeah. of Water is cleaning up everything oh, else. But so Blade Runner, just give it to Blade Runner. Oh, but it's, <laughs> it's so, so beautifully shot. Yeah, it's. Oh. Uh, just just for fun fact, uh, Greg P. Russell actually has the most total nominations without a win. Uh, he's got 16 nominations in sound mixing. And it says, this doesn't include his nomination of the 89th Academy Awards for 13 hours, the secret sol- soldiers of Benghazi, which was revoked the day before the ceremony. Whoa. And now... His sound mixing specifically or the film? Um... They released it mute. It was violate it violated campaign regulations. Oh sure. So so do you know about the campaign regulations? So it's 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 things like it has to play in an American cinema for three weeks and stuff like that, like to qualify. No, like, this is, well, yeah, you're, most you're films right, do, but, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm approximating. Most films do that by virtue of them being released in America, but for something like some like you know, that's why foreign films don't always get nominated for best yeah. picture. No, um. It was because he called up Academy members and asked them to vote for him. <laughs> I didn't know! <laughs> After 16 nominations, he was, he was like... Yeah, but he... Uh, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, it has to open before a certain date. And there's, when you say at American cinema, there is actually one specific cinema that it has to oh, play okay. in. It's, um, it's in Los Angeles, and it's like it has to have played in the cinema. I'm pretty sure, at least it was, at one point. And so there's... 
things like like uh, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, which is going to Netflix. It's like there's talk of will Netflix fund a theatrical release for I think two weeks in this one cinema mm. to qualify it for Oscars, but we'll see. So, wait, so does that mean because uh, wasn't Mudbound? Mudbound Netflix? was a Netflix original, but the had the qualifying theatrical release. Oh, cool. Same with um, last year, the OJ documentary. They played an unbroken eight-hour movie because it was a TV show when it was released. But they've um, since changed the rules so that that can't happen again. Hmm. Oh, well. The OJ movie was great. I'm glad that made it across the line. So. In before the lock. Let's talk acting. So can either of you guess who the most nominated actor with a not to win would be? Not to win? Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. No, he's actually won one. What did he win for? (laughs) We haven't talked about it. Um, ooh, not to have won. I don't know the answer. Is it some sort of like old British actor or something? Um, he's two of those things. Yeah, he's old and he's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I think he's American. Anyway, it's uh, okay. I don't want to give me a, give me a hint. I don't want to claim he played uh, just blatantly. He played T. E. Lawrence in Lawrence of Arabia. I don't want to guess. <laughs> who would you guess? Nah. Just tell throw us. Throw out who. a name. Throw out a name. No. Just, I'm not going to tell us. Peter O'Toole. Yeah. Okay. Nah, he is British. I, actor, I wasn't going to say that. Yeah. yeah. So he was... This is another one. So you look at... you like... Like Peter O'Toole, especially saying like Lawrence of Arabia, you're like, yeah. I can't believe did he, he never get, won an Oscar. Did he get nominated for Lawrence of Arabia? He did. It was he, his first nomination. Oh, crazy. But he did receive an honorary Academy Award in 2010. And that was like a... Look, you've done enough. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? That sucks. They they give honorary academy awards to people that it's just like it's for a, it's like a lifetime achievement award. So I would hate. We'll we'll get to some more, but like Jackie Chan got one oh, last yeah, year. I heard that. Yeah, uh, I think Donald Sutherland's getting one this year. Yeah, uh, and who else? Uh, yeah, there's a few more that we'll get to. But anyway, so Peter O'Toole, he was first nominated in 1962 for Lawrence of Arabia, but he lost to Gregory Peck and To Kill a Mockingbird. <sighs> Good performance. Yeah. yeah. 64. Beckett. He was in a film called Beckett. Lost to Rex Harrison and My Fair Lady. Again, My it's, Fair Lady is like... It's to the, it's to the yeah. test of time. Uh, 1968, this is one that neither of these I'm familiar with. Uh, the Lion in Winter. And that lost to Cliff Robertson and Charlie. Don't know there are those. Uh, 69. He was in uh, Goodbye Mr. Chips. Lost to John Wayne in True Grit. Again. I mean... Performance that's to the test yeah. of time. And then you're like... Like, this guy has had the worst luck. So, ruling class, 1972, he lost to Marlon Brando on The Godfather. Oh, uh, well, you what? know. The Godfather? Sorry, I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with the... <laughs> well, Mar- Marlon, Marlon Brandy, did you say? Yeah. Is he still Mr. around? Mr. Brandy, I think. Is he still around? Oh, uh, yeah, I think he's still around. Not familiar with his work. He's not alive, but he's still uh, okay. quite around. <laughs> <laughs> and then 1980, The Stunt Man. And he lost to Robert De Niro in Raging Bull. <laughs> One mean, of the greatest performances guess, of all time. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Two years later, my favorite year. That's it's not my favorite year. That's the name of the film. What was uh, the year? Nineteen eighty-two. Another year in the film. <laughs> I actually don't. <laughs> know. <laughs> and he lost to Ben Kingsley and Gandhi. Oh. And then two thousand six, he was in a film called Venus, and he lost to Forrest Whitaker in The Last King of Scotland. Pretty. Uh, I mean, pretty. There are all like. performances that you'd be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, fair, fair enough. <laughs> sorry, P- Peter, sorry, it Peter. was Brando. 
Come what on. are you going to do? <laughs> the yeah. Academy brought, a, brought Peter O'Toole into their office and was like, Peter, look, I'm sorry. We'll give you another nomination. They're like, oh, okay, I don't mean to alarm you, but have you seen Raging Bull? <laughs> Peter, it's De Niro. <laughs> it's <laughs> Kingsley. <laughs> it's Whitaker, Peter. Whitaker. Uh, so, yeah, Peter O'Toole. Oh, I'd say it. he's one of those actors. He deserves an Oscar, but yeah. not actually, in those years. I, I recognise his name, but I looked him up, and I don't know if I've I seen a lot of. I think he's Ego in Ratatouille. Okay, he is in fact yeah. Ego in Ratatouille because I watched Ratatouille the other day. The concept of Ego in yeah. Ratatouille. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, plays- he plays the id. <laughs> 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 um, so this is just like I. Some of these are more egregious than others. But it's interesting to get ones that I feel like uh, are discussion points. So, Tom Cruise. Would you say he's an Oscar-worthy actor? See, because are you going from, like, these these various articles that we looked up? Yeah. Because Tom Cruise was in a lot of them. Yeah. And but I was like... like because, yeah, so that's that's why I brought him up. Because yeah. I know you don't really like him. Well, I don't, I don't think he's a bad actor. I just don't right. like him as a person. So, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to watch, like, movies that are effectively... Paying, you know, paying, giving him his paycheck. Yeah. What about you? How do you rate him, Aaron? I mean, he's one of those actors that you're like, yeah, he's good, but like, he's never like, I've never seen a performance of his and been like, man, give that man the Oscar. Certainly not. Certainly not these days. Maybe your Jerry Maguire's and things. Yeah, he was nominated for Jerry. Yeah, your your cocktails. cocktails. (laughs) With three percent on Ron Tomatoes. Yeah. Well, he was nominated for his first nomination was uh, Born on the Fourth of July. Uh, 1990, and he lost to Daniel Day Lewis and Miley Foot. I mean, it's 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 Day Lewis. Yeah, you can't really. I, I was going to compile a list of like actors that Daniel Day Lewis has kept from winning Oscars, <laughs> like people that've been nominated once and or more than once. And then we cast them all in a movie him. about them trying to kill Daniel Day Lewis, <laughs> and then he retires from acting to become a fashion designer. And they're like, "Well, this solves our problem." So, yeah, well, he's one of those actors that like you. F- I feel like. I wouldn't be surprised if he was an Academy Award winner. Yeah. Mm. Like, if someone was just like, Academy Award winner Tom Cruise, I'd be like, oh, I guess he must have won for, like, Rain Man or yeah, um, way A Few Good Men yeah. or something like that. But, like, the fact that... And, and like you say, he's probably never going to get one now. I can't see him being cast or in anything. Because, I mean, he, he's good at doing his action movies and his stunts, and so he may as well keep doing them. Imagine if he was, <laughs> like, best actor for Mission Impossible Fallout. It's like, I know it's his, the sixth Mission Impossible film. He broke his ankle and he kept acting. <laughs> <laughs> But he was also nominated for Jerry Maguire, lost to Jeffrey Rush and Shine, and probably one of the biggest reverse snubs is Cuba Gooding Jr. winning for Best Supporting Actor in Jerry Maguire. Because, like, Cuba Gooding Jr. is probably one of the worst actors that has a an Oscar. It feels like the role was written for Cuba Gooding Jr. It plays to his strengths. Yeah. Because have you seen, have you, you guys seen American Crime Story, the OJ series? Uh, no. no. Cuba Gooding Jr. plays OJ in it, and it is woefully miscast. Like, well, <laughs> like have you seen like OJ Simpson? There's this towering dude, and Cuba Gooding Jr. Fino. is a small man. <laughs> like, yeah, like, he's so bad in it. Anyway, and he was terrible in the Land Before Time thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> really ruined that. He the actually did. Movie like, not even kidding. He's the worst part of it. <laughs> but uh, he was also nominated, and this is the one I'd say he probably deserved it the most was Magnolia supporting role. 
and 2000, and he lost to Michael Caine in the side of House Rolls. I thought you were talking about Cuba Gooding Jr. still. And I was like, he's in Magnolia? Where is he in Magnolia? No, yeah, he, no, actually, yeah, yeah. Magnolia would, is an Oscar performance yeah. from Tom Cruise. Fun fact for you, uh, my girlfriend was actually watching Magnolia today and stopped watching it several times to fall asleep. Yeah, um, not an indication of the quality of the movie, just oh, it's a such fun a, it's The such quality a good of your movie. relationship? Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I was in the other room. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> the indicator of the quality of the relationship. Uh, yeah, Magnolia is definitely his, his best performance. But then apparently, um, oh, it's the one with Jamie Foxx. Collateral. Apparently he's real good at mm. that. Well, and both of those movies are... Instances where Tom Cruise not isn't doing the Tom Cruise playing very much against type. Yeah, yeah, because in Collateral is like his only villain role, I want to say, mm. and then the other one is real life. Um. <laughs> but yeah, like, and because you you haven't seen Magnolia, have you? Aaron? Uh, or no. you've he, seen he fell it? asleep through it. No, yeah. but do, do you know about Tom Cruise's role in it? Uh, no, I only saw the trailer. So he he's like got this long hair, and he but he plays this um the long. I don't know why I didn't, I didn't continue to describe his look. I was like, he's got long hair anyway. Uh, he, it's different. He plays like this. Um, he's a he's a meninist yeah. spokesperson, oh, right. and basically saying like respect the to- the cock, tame the knife. That's like his. Yeah. That's his catchphrase. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dion. His trigger warning, Magnolia. But um, <laughs> you were going for spoilers. <laughs> sorry for the language. Uh, and so he's like, you know, gives like how to basically do this thing. But then also his dad, who he's like estranged from, is dying. And so there's actually some real good stuff in it. Yeah. He's like, it's it's genuinely amazing. And, I, and I'd recommend it to anyone who says that Tom Cruise isn't a good actor because he is. Of course, you hate his character. So. Yeah, you're supposed to hate him, but. I don't know, Magnolia does a good job of making you feel for every character. Magnolia's such a good film. <laughs> <laughs> Another one, only, had one, only has one nomination, well, two nominations now. Uh, Gary Oldman, he lost Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy in 2012 to Jean Dujardin. He is also nominated this year and he's probably going to win. Yeah, he, he's an actor where you're like, of course, surely. Yeah, well, the surely. fact that he didn't even have a nomination until 2012 was ridiculous. It's pretty insane. What would you have nominated him for? Tip Ties. <laughs> Do you know about Tiptoes? No, but you were like so well prepared <laughs> for that. He plays, like, he plays a midget. Hey. <laughs> oh my God. A little person. Yeah. Okay, I'm can... sorry. I, I forget which one. It's like... Little person sounds offensive still, but... It does. It's not our decision. Uh, he, play, he plays someone who suffers from dwarfism. Ha- suffers? Ha- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Insensitive. He's, just, like, he's loose on his knees. Oh my God. <laughs> It's 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 widely regarded as one of the most like ambitious hits and misses in, in film history. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, like True Romance. He's pretty good in that, and that's like a, that's a supporting role that you think they would have just chucked in there because he's in so many things, but he's so like chameleonic. Yeah, you, you yeah. often he slips, he slides into his roles quite a lot. What's Sutton Nancy? Yeah, so Nancy's one that, that that's you'd expect to get on the No, yeah, because that's one of the that was on the snubs list mm. I was reading. Yeah, yeah, yep. and like, even like Serious Black, mm. you know, if like he's so good as Serious Black, man. Yeah, and because you look at our next ca- next person, who's another one who it's like Daniel Radcliffe, <laughs> <laughs> never nominated the guy who played Dumbledore. I'm gonna lose, but lose, but do you not like him? No, the first Dumbledore was the Biz. Well, it's Johnny Depp. <laughs> All right. So, an actor that, that you'd, you'd probably expect to have picked one up back when he cared. Or back when people liked him. Yeah. But his first nomination was in 2003, which is kind of surprising. Like, like, he did a lot of good stuff in the 90s. 
And probably like, probably his best work is the, like the nineties. But yeah, he was nominated for for lead actor for Pirates of the Caribbean. He he is though. I mean, he's he's the spiritual. Yeah, lead. I mean, it's in, because but there there are reverses of that where someone like who's clearly the lead gets nominated for supporting. Did they not? Did they push for that because it was more likely to win for best lead, or potentially? Let's, um, well, who would you say is the lead in Pirates of the Caribbean? Elena Bloom. You would? I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say that. I'd, he's definitely like integral to Johnny Depp's character working as a character, but you also wouldn't nominate Orlando Bloom for best actor for Pirates of the Caribbean. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I saw something online actually the other day that was arguing that um, Elizabeth is the main character because she's. I would have thought she was, to be honest. The, the film, both film, both the first and second film open and close with her, I think. Yeah, and also most of the like main characters revolve around her, mm. like that the admiral who's supposed to marry her, or whatever. Which is. Well, you could look at it like the film's called Pirates of the Caribbean, and Johnny Depp's the only pirate. Yeah, it's true. Out of those three. And it's about well, it's about the curse of the Black Pearl, and he is affected by the curse. Yeah, true. Yeah, he lost to Sean Penn for Mystic River. So, I haven't yeah, seen Mystic River, but like, is it good? But, um, Paris and Caribbean has Sean Penn in it. <laughs> uh, Oscar worthy. Like, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. I um, hate Sean Penn. <laughs> I really, really like Pirates of the Caribbean. It might be, I was thinking about it the other day. It might be my favorite single blockbuster of all time. Like, I need to rewatch it again. I haven't seen it in a while. But like, and Johnny Depp, like. Jack Sparrow is such a good character who's been completely ruined and tarnished oh, yeah, by the, yeah. the sequels. But that first one was like, damn. And I'm glad it's it's sort of like how um, Robert Downey Jr. got nominated for Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder, yeah. I feel like um, the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie was the first moment of me actively being like, oh, so this is what it's like when sequels ruin things. Yes, yeah. totally, man. Because until then, my first experience was Shrek 2, and that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Yeah, but like the you see the second Pirates of the Caribbean, you're like, no. I talked about this on the most disappointing films episode we did. That like, what frustrates me so much about the fact that 100 percent of the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels are bad, and the second one's the best one of the sequels. Of, of bad. Uh, yeah. I, I literally have. I don't remember how I felt about the second one. I remember seeing it in like a weird cinema overseas or something, even. But like. I just remember not really caring about it. I don't. I don't. But whereas, like the third, I actively hated. Mm, yeah. seeing the others. Um. Oh, they get. They just. The, the fourth one feels like it doesn't exist, and the fifth one is like the most half-assed attempt at making a film I've ever seen. But anyway, what annoyed me about it was like it doesn't seem like a particularly insurmountable task to make a good sequel to the first parts of the Caribbean. Yeah. But they just they went they yeah, went I mean, too like, ambitious. That, and they just screwed it yeah, up. Yeah, pirates should be the new like Indiana Jones. It's like yeah, man, it's totally. the, we've talked about this that because five years later, um, superhero movies really came. I mean, I guess Batman Begins was what two thousand six, two thousand five, two thousand five. Yeah, so like only a couple of years later, we got the anime. I guess this is around the time of like the X Men movies and the, the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies. But like the, we got this the wave of superhero movies started, and so we haven't really had a good action adventure movie since Pirates of the Caribbean because they've now been replaced by superhero movies. Yeah, and I'd say the closest thing we've got to that was Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, which is technically a sequel, and while I loved it, it doesn't it's not as good as Curse of the Black Pearl. Like it's just it, it, like have you seen the new Jumanji Aaron? No. It's it is, so fun. It is so fun. Like it is like why don't we make movies like this? Yeah, it's the most fun you can have in a movie theater without cutting a hole in the bottom of your popcorn. <laughs> that's on the poster for this kids movie like for um, <laughs> like that yeah we, I went to that and I was like god it's it's like Curse of the Black Pearl was the last time they did this yeah. 
And I mean, that's technically a sequel, Jumanji. Yeah. It's it's more of a but it's probably using a, the brand name. Yeah, but. exactly. It doesn't seem like the same movie as Jumanji because Jumanji is like scary. Mm. Uh, well, so that was his first nomination. And then second, he was nominated for Finding Neverland. But he, yeah, he lost to Jamie Foxx for Ray, which is one of the like, I feel like wouldn't it, he, he Johnny Depp wouldn't, wouldn't have even been in the conversation that year. Yeah, because I mean, the performance itself is like a lot more contained than, you know, playing Ray Charles. Yeah. And then his final nomination came in 2007 for Sweeney Todd, where he lost to Daniel Day-Lewis for There Will Be Blood. Again, Daniel Day-Lewis keeping people oh, out man. of Sweeney Todd did pretty well at the Oscars, actually. I was surprised. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, in terms of nominations, at least. Yeah. But uh, you got uh, Edward Norton there, one of my favorite actors. Uh, so he got his, his first nomination. He, it was quite a big. He burst onto the scene in a film called Primal Fear. Have you guys seen it? Nope. No. Well, I won't ruin it then. I've actually seen very few Norton films. I've seen Fight Club's the one I think of. Yeah. Then like he's in a couple of Wes Anderson movies. Isn't yeah. He? American History X is. is yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah. So, but Primal Fear, he plays a young kid who's been well, like not young, but you know early 20s kind of thing who's been he's on trial for murder i think it's murder and he oh, yeah. he pleads insanity says schizophrenia and uh i think it's roy committed the murder but he's aaron kind of thing mm. like this guy here yeah. but uh yeah so it's this like duality kind of thing and richard gears in it and he it's a qualifier <laughs> and uh yeah so this was like his first ever performance in a film burst onto the scene everyone was like amazing give this kid all the oscars but he lost to cuba gooding jr and jeremy Maguire. ah so that's that's uh that's where the that's where yeah, the bitterness comes from uh and edward norton's uh most recent nomination came in 2014 for birdman how was it how did the illusionist go to get nominated not well, for that? Not, <laughs> well. not received but, yeah, well birdman was an interesting one because he's essentially playing what's believed to be himself because apparently Edward Norton is horrible to work with. <laughs> but anyway, he lost to J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. So. Yeah. It's another one that's yeah. Yeah. pretty deserving. Yeah. Now on to the old Famales. But uh, Amy Adams, she was one. I remember she had like a real good run for a while. And I was like, like she was just nominated every year. She has, I think she had the same amount of nominations as Leo before he won. And I was like, why does no one talk about Amy Adams? She's got just as many nominations. But it's because, you know what? People are sexist. Yeah. No, they're not. Yeah, that's definitely it. Plus, you know, Amy Adams hasn't exactly been as much of a cultural zeitgeist as yeah. the man from Titanic. Exactly. I mean, she is an American hustle. She was lead actress, but she <laughs> she got uh, she lost to Kate Blanchett for Blue Jasmine. I feel like if you're going up against Kate Blanchett, yeah, you kind of I mean, you set yourself up for failure. Yeah. So she, uh, I'll just I'll just blitz through her one. So she had a um, bunch of supporting actress nominations. Lost. Why are you blitzing through it, Richard? Because I feel she's like she's a woman. Okay. Two reasons. One, I feel like the podcast is going on long. I'm not sure how interesting me just naming films is. <laughs> Two, it's real hot. So Junebug, 2005, she lost to Rachel Weiss in The Constant Gardener. That's a film I studied in English. And Rachel Weiss is pretty good in it. Yeah. She's not in it an awful lot, I think. Oh, no, she is. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, 2008, Doubt. Doubt is a fucking good movie. Um, AJ called me out recently for... No, Jeremy called me out. Someone called me out for like being like, have you guys heard of this film called Doubt? And I was like, um, yes. <laughs> but anyway, anyone, anyone who hasn't seen Doubt, it's a fucking good movie. You should check it out. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, 2010, The Fighter. She lost to Melissa Leo in The Fighter. <sighs> That's tough to take, eh? And 2012, The Master. She lost to Anne Hathaway and Lemmers. Do you which- know Keenan beat out Cal to be on SNL? 
Really? Yeah, and now everyone knows. Well, Ken, don't know everyone knows Keenan, but he's still on SNL. And Keenan, what did Cal do? Maybe what happened to Cal, Aaron? Oh, maybe, man. maybe fact check this, but I'm pretty sure Keenan is now the longest serving cast member of Insane Out Life history. So back to Amy Adams. She was it four nominations? Five nominations. Five nominations. Yeah, she's she's one that probably deserves an Oscar. But I, I don't know. She, yeah, there's something about her that's that's never actually. Do you know what her biggest snub? That let me double check. Was she nominated for the arrival? Yeah, the, for arrival. That's probably her best performance and i remember thinking it was the best performance that year and she wasn't even nominated um that's insane so the yeah it was emma stone won for la la land she was i reckon she was a better in arrival than emma was in yeah. la la land there's uh, there's just that one scene in la la land where you're like oh my god just give it just give it to her yeah actually what? yeah i would i would I'd say out for a okay. second what are you talking about that yeah no um amy adams in arrival yeah. it was a pretty big snub because she would have been my favourite to win she wasn't even nominated yeah Arrival's a good movie man it's so good it's somehow amazing but like so just nothing really ha- like like a lot happens but it's yeah. like paced the way it's like there's aliens oh, sorry I was staring at a cardboard box for two hours but Amy Adams is fabulous oh, <laughs> uh, now another female Sigourney Weaver yeah that's right I got two of them in here. <laughs> Damn. Sigourney Weaver is, the, is a pretty shocking. That she's yeah, never won. Yeah, you would have thought like in the 80s. Yeah, well, so she had three nominations all in the 80s. Uh, what were they? 87. Aliens. She was nominated for Aliens. I find that pretty interesting. That like an action movie would get mm. the nomination. Uh, she lost to Marley Martin and Children of a Lesser God. More like and, Children and, of a Lesser Movie than Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't and, they call it that? And, <laughs> it probably came out first. In 1989, she was nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. Actress was for Gorillas in the Mist. She lost to Jodie Foster and The Accused. And Supporting was Working Girl, where she lost to Gina Davis. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today and the accidental tourist surely if you're nominated for two you've got like i mean you're still i mean it kind of fits into our discussion last week but i wonder like how all these people we're talking about would feel Mm. about you know like like do they care tweet us (laughs) tweet us sigourney if you're out there what has sigourney done recently though she's in finding dory yeah but she's she plays herself (laughs) that's true uh she's in cabin in the woods she was in um, The Defenders. She was the villain. These are all terrible examples of like, <laughs> her acting, though. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like she, she she feels... She was in the Ghostbusters reboot? Yeah, she's in the same conversation for me as someone like um, like Gary Oldman, but I'm struggling to think of anything she's iconic she's done other than Ripley. Mm. Believe well, it or not. Speaking of iconic, Brad Pitt. <laughs> okay. No, because Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt can can act but he doesn't act it's yeah. like like you you've got your your fight clubs and your 12 monkeys and a few others but i feel like in recent years he's just he doesn't feel like he needs to yeah well he's got three nominations as you said 12 monkeys he lost to kevin spacey oh sorry trigger warning kevin spacey <laughs> for the usual suspects 2009 who was the usual suspects directed by brian singer oh it's a trigger warning brian singer <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> and then 2009 was nominated for the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Lost her trigger warning, Sean Penn and Milk. Um, trigger warning, not because he plays a gay character, because he beat Madonna with a baseball bat. 2012, he was nominated for Moneyball. Lost to Jean Dujardin and the artist. I haven't seen Madonna with a baseball bat. Is that, it? <laughs> <laughs> is that one of the, the biggest snubs? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> my it's, my head, oh. my brain was going at a thousand miles a minute just then, trying oh. to get to that in time. But fun fact about Brad Pitt, he does have an Oscar for producing. Yeah, producing That's Twelve Years Yes, he's actually, he was also nominated for producing Moneyball, but that lost. But he, he has an Oscar. Is on it Netflix true for that George Clooney has an Oscar in every category or something, or not? Even. <laughs> every single one. No, he's got. <laughs> yes, he's, that's he, right. I said it. He's got the Oscars in the most categories. because uh, he got one right. for producer for. Yeah, because he would have had producer. He's also one for. He might Sariana. just be nominated, actually. Well, yeah, because he's. He might have just been nominated in a bunch of different categories. He might not have actually he, won. What's he, what's he won? He won for Suriana. He was uh, lead actor, or supporting actor. And Good Night and Good Luck, he directed. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's produced a few. The Descendants, I feel like he... No, he didn't write The Descendants. There's no one for The Descendants. But, yeah, no, that's, that's probably a, an interesting fun fact to, to look up. He has five nominations, and he's won two of them. And in different categories? Yeah. So what categories are there? Oh, sorry. No, categories. Okay, he's got six. Six categories. Five nominations in six categories. Yeah. No, five years. I was looking at the completely wrong thing. Okay, his awards, his nominations have been for Suriana, Best Supporting Actor, which he won, Good Night and Good Luck, Best Director, which he was nominated, and also Best Original Screenplay, which he was nominated. Um, he was also nominated for Best Actor in Michael Clayton, Up in the Air, and The Descendants, and he was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay in The Ides of March, and Best Picture in Argo. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. So two screenplays, director, supporting actor, lead actor. Mm. And picture. Oh, no. Well, good on. George on Clooney, George. most talented person in the world. The Clunes. Uh, Big fan of Dispresso as well. He, he, God, he cannot get enough of that stuff. <laughs> There's now one where it. he's not even in it. It just is narrated by George Clooney down the bottom. And it's like, just... <laughs> probably don't need to tell me that. Like, I could just probably... I don't know. <laughs> Figure it out. Justin Timberlake did the ba-da-ba-ba-ba from mcdonald's really no one knows that wow everyone knows that yeah but it's not written it's not written on the ad right yeah, it's yeah. not like a theme song by justin Timberlake. yeah it'd be fucking stupid not to know <laughs> wow guys wow <laughs> you've just been snubbed Ooh. but yeah so i mean brad pitt he has an oscar so he doesn't really need to be in the conversation anyway speaking of george clooney and Seriana, he beat out one of my, another one of my favorite actors jack gyllenhaal and broke Bay mountain that's his only nomination mm. he's really good in that do you think he's better than George Clooney? I haven't seen Suriana. Couldn't comment. But I mean, one of probably one of my biggest snubs is, is Nightcrawler in 2014. Mm. He should have won for that, and he wasn't even nominated. Yeah, I've always said one, but he should have been in the conversation definitely. 2014's winner was uh, Eddie Redmayne. Theory. Oh, actually, no. Eddie I Redmayne mean, like, was yeah, amazing in that. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, another one that you'd maybe think has an Oscar again, not so much these days. Liam Neeson. Didn't win for Schindler's List. Probably never going to win one. But yeah. yeah, I feel like Schindler's List was his, his only good film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's plenty, of, there's plenty of actors who. Yeah, he lost to Tom Hanks for Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. there you go. In '93, and then the a year later, actually no, this is a different category. But 1994, uh, an actor I don't like, 
but I, I don't know why. I don't know why I put it on the list. Uh, Samuel Jackson, Pulp Fiction. That's the only nomination. He's. He, I think I put him on more because I was surprised he had any. Nah, he he would deserve it for Pulp Fiction. Yeah, well, he doesn't deserve it more than Martin Landau and Ed Wood. No, of course not. <laughs> don't. It's be Landau stupid. and Ed Wood. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's how I had written down for actors that have Devil One. Yeah, yeah. Neeson and, and Jackson are the same kind of thing for me. It's like they had a really good one that they deserve to be nominated for, but I'm not surprised they don't have one. Yeah. yeah. And they've never really turned in performances that aren't like, you know, that yeah, are outside of their own sort of niche. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, and Pulp Fiction is the concentrated form of yeah. Samuel Jackson as well. Yeah. yeah. that's Yeah, it's one of those like... That invented the Samuel Jackson that we all know. I was going to say in love, but you know some people don't. So let's not be. I love them. Force that upon them. I love them. So why do you return my calls? We don't just need actors to put a film together. We also have sound mixing. Uh, no, so a few directors. That- I wish I remembered the name of the sound mixer before, so I could like just like blah blah callback rules of comedy. Um, <laughs> uh, Stanley Kubrick obviously considered one of the greatest directors of all time never won an Oscar yeah but what would he have been nominated for okay, he was nominated oh for, yeah what would he be nominated for in 64, 68, 71 and 75 respectively he was nominated for Doctor Strange Love 2001 A Space Odyssey A Clockwork Orange and Barry Lyndon what's the biggest crime do you think of all of well, those well so Doctor Strange Love lost to My Fair Lady 2001 lost to Carol Reed for Oliver. Looked it up. Carol, not a, not a, not a woman. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, no, okay, that's progressive. No, it's not. Uh, only woman to ever win was Catherine Bigelow for 2001. Progressive to name your male baby that's Carol. True. Maybe not in those days. Maybe uh, it was the opposite. Clockwork Orange lost to William Friedkin for French Connection. And Barry Lyndon lost to Milos Forman for One Flow of the Cooker's Nest. One I, of the greatest movies of all time. You have to think that 2001 was the biggest snub, right? Yeah, I think, I think that will, out of those four, that was the only one. What are the other three? Doctor Strange, Love, Clockwork Orange, and Barry Lyndon. I actually haven't seen any of them. Really? 2001 is just like a feat of like what, filmmaking. And sorry to reiterate again, but what did 2001 lose to? Oliver. See, that's a big one. That, I, I've never heard of Oliver. So, you never heard of the it, musical Oliver? Is, it, is that what it is? Yeah. Is it better than 2001? It's Oliver like, with an exclamation point, so. 2001 is, that's, yeah. you know. And people talk about all of the, like, innovative stuff that was done. Like, presumably that comes under directing, right? Mm. Well, you know, you, you got Kubrick. Who's the other greatest director of all time? You're both wrong. The answer is Alfred Hitchcock. Never yes. won an Oscar. Yep. Makes yeah, makes sense. So, I knew it was Alfred Hitchcock, but I wanted you to be able to... Well, I, okay. I, I too knew it so, was uh, so I just don't want to be considered wrong I want to be you know yeah so it's interesting though you look at his nominated film so you've got 1940 was nominated for Rebecca which is yeah whatever uh, that lost to the Grapes of Wrath for directing uh, 94 oh, 44 sorry uh, Lifeboat lost to Going My Way 45 Spellbound like all these movies are like not very talked about Alfred Hitchcock films 94's Psycho <laughs> Rebecca's pretty well known but I yeah, mean it's just, just rap. kind of Rebecca's kind of well known just because it's like that was like one of his first yeah uh, and then but then in 54 Rear Window that lost On the Waterfront I mean and that's then, tough because yeah. like two amazing movies and then 1960 Psycho lost to Billy Wilder for The Apartment 
They, I think the apartment was one of like that year's La La Land that just cleaned up. But uh, another one that's like uh, just a name you would hear and assume he has an Oscar is Sidney Lumet. Three to Twelve Angry Men in 1957 that lost to Bridge on the River Kwai. That also lost Best Picture to that film as well. Is Bridge on the River Kwai good? Yeah. yeah. It is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because Twelve Angry Men is real good. Yeah. Bridge on the River Kwai is just as good, but it's like epic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, 75, Dog Day Afternoon, lost to One Flew of the Cooker's Nest. Again, you can't really compete with that. Uh, Network ro- lost to Rocky. Can't compete. And uh, The oh, Verdict. Did. The Verdict lost to Richard Attenborough for Gandhi. Bloody Attenborough. So, yeah, I like that. That's that's a real. Sydney Lumet is a real one that's like, yeah, you just. Just tough that sucks. Luck, you man. just weren't the best yeah. any of those years. Like, some of them, like, some of the people they lose to are like one hit wonders, but it's like their hit think, was big enough that. Do you think he and Peter O'Toole have commiserated each other? Of just like. In the, in the tough grove. luck. Yeah. 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 Well, before they. Before they. Oh, before they died. Yeah. Are they dead? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Cool. Cool. Sorry about yeah. that. I'm not only just finding out now. When did it happen? Uh, one that actually quite surprised me is Ridley Scott. I would have thought he'd have an Oscar. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was one of the more surprising ones. Uh, he was nominated Prometheus. For, his first nomination was Thelma and Louise in 1991, mm. which is just as weird. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that lost to uh, Science of the Lambs. So, again, that's a real. Uh, then Gladiator in 2000 lost to Steven Soderbergh for Traffic. That's a, like, I haven't that's seen an Traffic. That's interesting one. But, but yeah, because Gladiator won Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. And then um, Black Hawk Down 2001 lost to Ron Howard for A Beautiful Mind. One who's like, he's probably going to win one someday, but David Fincher. He's nominated, been nominated twice. Mm. 2008, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which I always forget is a David Fincher film. I always forget that movie exists. Yeah. Lost it, to Danny Boyle for some of them. It yeah. felt like, yeah, Benjamin Button felt like it was bigger than it was when it came out. Yeah. Because it was like, the next Forrest Gump. It's three hours long. Yeah. Uh, I ne- I've never seen it because it was three hours long. It's, I, I, I've I'm, seen it once and it was, it was I'm gonna practically need, like... I'm going to need to watch it one day for my like completionist of what, trying to watch David Fincher's filmography. But it's like the last one I have to take off. It's so unfinchery. Yeah, and then also it's again, unfinching. 2010 for the Social Network. Uh, he lost to Tom Hooper for the King's Speech. Oh, I feel what? like oh, that's uh, the Social Network's so good. Yeah. See, I'm just gonna have to wait uh, for the Tom Hooper. I mean, it's just like it's such a strongly, just such a strong style of the movie. You know what I mean? Like it's. It's obviously like a director who just like wrenched it and like did it. The King's Speech, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the King's Speech. Yeah, but at the same time, like the Social Network is like one of the best movies ever made. I would agree with that. And like, it's like especially especially we're talking about last ten years. Um, Social Network is like one of the best films. Whereas like the the King's Speech feels like a film that did its Oscar thing and then can be filed away under Oscar winners. Whereas hey, the Social yeah. Network is kind of like you can pull that out and be like, this is what two thousand and six was I like. Would, I would still say the King's Speech is a better movie than you want to be real mad at me, Aaron. Yeah, lay it on me, bro. I walked out of the King's Speech in cinema. <laughs> okay, to be fair, I fucking love the King's Speech. It's so good. <laughs> I only walked out because I was with a girl and she was bored, and I was like, okay. Oh man! Boy, do you want to be real mad at me? I went to go see the King Speech at the mall with my friend Ben, and then afterwards we walked out of the cinema and um, we went to go get an ice cream. And it was at like the New Zealand Natural at the mall, which is like a booth inside the mall, and they hand the ice cream over to you. And sometimes it can be kind of awkward. And the the woman, the girl there, handed it to an old woman who uh, tried to grab it, but something was wrong with her hand she like crushed the cone and dropped it in between the barrier and the 
thing. So it was like irretrievable, probably ever. And there's just this melting ice cream down there. And the woman like tried to grab the old lady, like tried to grab it. And the girl was like, no, 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 that's, that's fine. That's fine. And it was incredibly heartbreaking. And then the girl was like, kind of laughed about it with us after the old lady left, but like not in like a mean way. Like, just, oh just, boy, that just was like awkward. A, I'm so sorry. Like that's yeah. Take that, Aaron. Take that. This proves your argument. Mr. Do you know a man when, when they were making the Auckland Harbour Bridge, a man fell down one of the the like pillars, and apparently they couldn't retrieve him, and he's still there to this day. Just like the ice cream that's still there that's to this day. Insane. <laughs> they didn't just put a rope down or something. I don't know. He died when he fell down there. So, so it was like, why well, get him out? Filled with concrete. Ooh, Might not be true. Yeah. For the relatives, it doesn't feel. That feels like a thing that wouldn't have happened in Auckland. Yeah. I feel like that's probably happened at some point. Mm. Anyway, probably the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Another one who, you know, a lot of people would say deserves an Oscar. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe he's. I'm pretty sure he's lot. He's fucked up his only chance. But uh, Quentin Tarantino, it's nominated ninety fourth Pulp Fiction, lost to Robert Zemeckis for Forrest Gump, and two thousand nine Inglorious Bastards, lost to Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker. If you say he deserved it more, you're a sexist. Is 94, like, the biggest year for, like, ah, oh, ah? Oh. Like, I feel like 94 and 99 are both years where you go, that didn't win, and then you find out what won, and you're like, all oh, right. Yeah. yeah. 94 is definitely one of those years because yeah. the Shawshank Redemption was also in that year. Yeah, yeah 94 is considered, like, 94 and 99 actually are considered two of the best years of movies. Yeah, totally, they are. Like... <laughs> I'm I'm mad that that Pulp Fiction didn't win Best Picture, but what will bet it again? Uh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Forrest, yeah, of course. You know, of course that would win. I'm more mad that the Shawshank Redemption lost out to Forrest Gump. Mm. I'm more mad. Oh, I can't think of another. Thing. Oh, I'm more mad that that lady's ice cream fell down. <laughs> Comedy. Uh, another one who is gonna win one one day, I guarantee it, unless he retires, is Paul Thomas Anderson. Nominated once in uh, 2007 for the Where We Blood, lost to Coen Brothers for No Country for All Men, um, and he's got a pending one for the Phantom Three, but he's probably not gonna win. No, you wouldn't have thought so. All right, let's just talk about. I'm just gonna throw out some names we can talk about if they've ever deserved a nomination. Okay, so these are people that have never been nominated for a Academy Award. Okay. 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 So, in acting. Steve Buscemi. Oh, man. It just feels like he should have. Yeah. He's one that is like, ah, I can't believe he never has. Fargo, I mean, I guess. Yeah. William H. Macy got a nomination for Fargo. Is he too Hollywood ugly for an Oscar? Nah, I reckon he's just the right Hollywood yeah. ugly. Mm. But like, he's like beautiful Hollywood ugly. I feel like he's done it. Steve Buscemi's done his best work on TV. True. You know what I mean? So, like, I'd, I'd like. He also volunteered as a firefighter on 9 11. Like,. I mean, give the man an Oscar. <laughs> but, you know, like, it feels like if he'd done the level of work on TV that he'd, like, done on on, on movies that... Well, has he done other, anything other than Boardwalk Empire? Uh, not that I can think of. But I so mean, you're saying like, Boardwalk Empire? Yeah, I'm saying that. But also I'm sure he's done something else that's not yeah, coming to mind that was, like... Yeah, he's also... He was in Big Lebowski? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Uh, is he in any movies that you think of as a Steve Buscemi movie? Like- uh, Mr. Deeds. <laughs> well, that's and he's always in Adam Sandler movies for yeah. some reason. Yeah, he's probably ruined his chances. I'm looking up. I'm looking up Steve Buscemi movies now, and yeah, you've got Fargo, Reservoir Dogs, Big Lebowski, Con Air, Armageddon, Ghost World, Boss Baby, all great films that he's obviously. <laughs> this is really shoehorn that one. <laughs> that, that, but like Oscar-nominated film, The Boss Baby. You wouldn't think of 
as Steve Buscemi movies. I don't know if he's a leading man, if he's ever been one. About well, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Other than Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, that's no, yeah. an interesting one. Um, another one. Uh, Sorry, just quickly. Yes, um, can I jump in here with some trivia? Uh, a friend of mine apparently got cast in uh, an American TV show here um, because when he walked into the audition room, the person directing it was like, hey, Steve Buscemi, because apparently he looks like Steve Buscemi. <laughs> What a complisalt. <laughs> yeah, so, so weird. But when he came home, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool about it because I'm probably going to get cast. And he got cast. Another actor who's pro- I probably would say probably missed their chance is uh, Alan Rickman. Never won or not. Never nominated. <laughs> yep. Okay. He, he, he's one that like, if you're going to nominate him for anything, it would be Snape. Yeah. And But then by the time it was like, fuck, we should nominate him. He wasn't in them anymore. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess his only other like big good role is Die Hard. Another one who's a young actress, but really surprised me. She didn't have any nominations. Emily Blunt. Yeah. I would have thought she'd be nominated for it. Did Prada? Interesting, yeah. Because that's like a supporting role that kind of stole the show. I, I have not seen The Devil's Wears Prada in many years, so I don't remember her. But Surely Meryl like Streep would have. Sicario. Yeah, Meryl Streep got nominated, obviously. But um, yeah, Sicario. That, like, she, she's a good actress, and she's another, yeah, she's another one. Yeah. I feel like she's going to get one. Yeah. Yeah, she's building towards a performance that's like... Yeah, she's Huzzah. an amazing actress. Yeah, uh, Donald Sutherland. He's getting an, um, a what's it called honorary. Uh, honorary one this year. So don't need to talk about that. Uh, Marilyn Monroe never never nominated. Never nominated is pretty yeah. insane. Yeah, but I mean they weren't. They kind of were. Some like a hot. I think um, Jack Lemmon was nominated. Uh, Robin Wright. I mean Forrest Gump and Princess Bride. Yeah, I mean, two I can think of. Yeah, yeah, she's another one that I just feel like. And but Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. Um, Scarlett Johansson, she's one. I've. I hope she hasn't stopped doing her good work because things like uh, Lost in Translation, I feel like she should have been nominated for. Uh, but yeah, I no, mean, she, if we, if she, we start seeing got, her in good roles again, yeah, yeah, definitely. Her, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, her. Her would have been a cool Oscar for her to yeah. win. Yeah, that'd have been real interesting. That's, that's never gonna happen. But uh, now some good directors who were never even nominated: uh, Sergio Leone. He actually didn't do that many films. I was surprised looking at his um, filmography. But he's another one that I'm just like, I feel like would have been. But mm-hmm. again, they're not really Oscar films. He did Tim Burton. He's, uh, he's, he's lost his chance, but I'm Tim, surprised. Tim yeah. Burton's the Wes yeah. Anderson of the 90s. Well, okay. Wes Anderson, never, never nominated. No, see, I, I would prefer Wes Anderson to win than, than Me Tim too. Burton. Yeah. Well, I mean, never, never nominated this is. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Chaplin was never nominated. In- That's insane. That's another one of those things, isn't it? Where like what he did changed what films are what's changed what the oscars look at did yeah. he win for best actor though at any point never won an oscar never won an oscar full yeah. stop oh hey he got an honorary one that's insane uh then you've got uh lars von trier doesn't surprise me but <laughs> <laughs> does not surprise me uh another one that, like and then this is why people like sam raimi who are like obviously very talented, but would just never directed an Oscar-y film. Yeah, Terry Gilliam's another one. John Hughes, John Hughes is like probably could have been, but I think he's probably past his um, prime. Stop making that joke. <laughs> uh, uh, Rob Reiner. Hmm. When Harry when Harry met Sally was probably his only chance. And uh, Spike Lee, but he's he's famously spoken out against the Oscars. But interestingly, Guillermo del Toro and Nolan and Christopher Nolan both took themselves off that off that list last year, getting their first nominations. Oh, cool. Nice. All right. Okay. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's launch. Uh, Let's go. I mean, I did. I did have a few like films that weren't nominated yep. for anything. So just I'll just listen. Um, Big Lebowski nominated for anything. Yeah. Uh, Groundhog Day 
Yeah, probably doesn't. Um, Heat, that was that's a surprising one. I can't believe Heat didn't get nominated for anything. 1933's King Kong. What about 2005's King Kong? That did receive nominations. Really? Uh, Once Upon oh, a Time in the West. Um, oh, yeah, The Shining didn't receive any nominations. That, but that's pretty staggering. Insane. Kubrick was nominated for Worst Director at the Razzies. Oh, good. No, if that's fine then. Why'd you include him in the snub list? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That is an example of a snub, presumably. Yeah. Uh, Next week's then, episode is going to be the greatest Razzie snubs of all time. <laughs> that actually would have been a good one. <laughs> well, it's just us talking about movies we don't like. I don't think it's there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and also uh, Zodiac and Reservoir Dogs. Mm. Yeah. Uh, now we're going to talk about like our specific ones that mean something to us. Now, AJ, you're famously apathetic about yeah. most things. Um, you know, the Oscars are stupid and dumb. Well, who, who cares if, if one wins or not? No, I don't know. I can, I can go first if you want, but it's not going to be very Im- impassioned. Okay, go. Um, I feel like the, the the when you're talking about Oscar snubs, the first one in the conversation is probably saving Private Ryan. All right. Lo- yeah. Losing to this Shakespeare in love. partially why I wanted Aaron on the podcast. <laughs> Aaron, I'll, I saving Private Ryan... Is one of the best movies ever made. Shakespeare in Love is is fine. <laughs> uh, and Aaron, I'll let you take it from here. Look, I'm just I'm willing, I'm willing to admit that Saving Private Ryan is a great movie. But there's just something about Shakespeare in Love for me that makes it a better movie. I can't tangibly tell you what it is it's probably a combination of sensibilities the, the of sense and sensibility of sense and sensibility <laughs> pride prejudice my great love of all things british um the uh the my love of shakespeare the way that's written is just like amazing it's written by tom stoppard who's like a crazy good playwright slash screenwriter i mean yeah, I can't justify it in any metric means, but for me, I don't have a problem with Shakespeare in Love beating Saving Private Ryan. Did you do you say you had the what other films were nominated that year? Um, yes, I do. I do have them listed. Oh, yes, actually, one of the one of my problems with that year is um, that the Truman Show wasn't even nominated for Best Picture. Oh, yeah, um, no. Which you know, whether or not you agree with me, like hurts. Um, it hurts that the Truman Show wasn't there. It hurts. Uh, hurts damn it. Um, Life is beautiful. Uh, Elizabeth and the Thin Red Line rounded out the categories. Um, I feel like one of them should have made room for the Truman Show. To be honest, yeah. That, yeah, again, like I said, yeah, 1999 is pretty stacked, yeah. yeah. That was 98, though. Yeah, maybe it's 98. I don't know. It's, it was the Oscars in 99 or something like that. Are you sure? The, 1990, the 1998 Oscars, Shakespeare and Love won. All right. American Beauty won 1999. All oh, right, yeah. yeah. Sorry, we're talking about okay, that. Yeah, 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 yeah sorry. Yeah. I mean. Cool, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's a pretty stacked year as well. Um, Who was on American Beauty? Uh, Mina Savari oh, okay. and Annette Benning. <laughs> <laughs> um... Now, look, I've seen both films once. I've seen Saving Private Ryan two years ago, so pretty recently. I've seen Shakespeare in Love maybe three, four years ago. And Shakespeare in Love was a movie that someone put on and I had almost, I, th- I want to say I'd never heard of it. I feel like I'd heard the phrase Shakespeare in Love and didn't connect that it was a movie. Right. And my point in that is that Saving Private Ryan feels like it's been around my whole life. Right, and yeah. it's just it's just one of those stand the test of times things that that Shakespeare and loves a perfectly okay movie. I wasn't particularly touched or moved by it, but Saving Private Ryan lived up to the hype of. I think that's the difference for me. Yeah, I mean, because I guess Shakespeare and Love people are like no, it's actually not that bad. Check it out. Um, whereas like Saving Private Ryan is like 
it's one of the best movies of all time and you watch it and it lives up to the hype. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to do like a little experiment, get two people, a couple of people who don't know any of the stuff. Right. And just without, I've never seen a film. Yeah. Without, without any prior knowledge, chuck on Shakespeare in love. It is a real cool movie. Let them watch it. Then a couple of days later, chuck on Saving Private Ryan, then watch and be like, you know, uh, Shakespeare in love bit Saving Private Ryan for the Oscar. I would be very interested to know what yeah. the reaction would be. I'm willing to accept that it's probably because it appeals to my sensibilities. Like, I'm not a huge war film man as well. I'm a huge man. war film woman, woman, but I'm not a war film man. Well, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's, yeah, no, fair enough. That, Did you see um, Hexel Ridge? Yeah, see, and that was like, that was two hours of the trailer for me. Right. You know, like it was like, yeah, this is what I expected. Uh, another one that I thought might get you um, to to spark a discussion, AJ. Yeah. Even look, you. Even the seldom... Uh, 2008, The Dark Knight losing to Slumdog Millionaire, not even being nominated. Um, I actually really like Slumdog Millionaire and think it should have won Best Picture. Right. Well, it did. So Yeah. Um, well, there you go. But, I mean, that's... I think we talked about it last week. We've talked about it at some point about how that The Dark Knight not being nominated is kind of, like, credited with increasing the best picture nominations from five to ten because it was like 2008 they were like fuck if dark knight's not nominated yeah yeah sunrise millionaire is definitely more oscary winning film but i really thought that i'd be able to get something out of you i'm sorry to the listeners but no no we could do crash we could talk about that okay yeah what a crash i'm so ready (laughs) the other big like egregious one is in 2005 brogbert mountain lost to crash Brokeback Mountain, the like famous like love story, it stood the test of time. Crash is you've probably heard about it as a punchline. Not only did it beat out Brokeback Mountain, Richard, it beat out Capote, Munich, and Good Night and Good Luck. They're all exceptional films. Like if you've ever seen Capote, <laughs> it's like it's oh, it's the it's the magnum opus of um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip, thank you, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like it's his best performance, and it's like an insanely good movie. I mean, he won Best Actor like deservedly for it. It's yeah. crazy how he could do that voice and it didn't come across as silly. It's comical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's because like, it's genuine. exactly like the Rock Capote. Look, I, I feel like the the people the people who are listening are probably gearing up for me to go on this massive crash defense now. But all I'll say is this. Crash was the movie I studied in my final year of high school English film study class. Um, I didn't choose it. It wasn't like, finally, of all the films that I can study, I'm going to study Crash. I had seen it before and found it. I remember describing it before I was really into film, describing it as the most dramatic movie I'd ever seen. In a good way. I thought it was a good thing. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good way to describe it in a bad way, I'd say, because it's like... It's so concerned with being dramatic. And I will admit that Crash, I haven't actually seen all of it, and it's one of few movies that I've voluntarily only watched half of. The DVD, um, I got it out from from a video store, and the DVD um, stopped working halfway through, and I was just like, oh, I don't care enough to like bother watching the second half of this film. Because it's just so, like, you could literally just watch Don Cheadle tell you racism is bad, and you'd get the same... Like, it's the same experience as watching the film. So what point did you turn off? Do you remember? Do you know about the scene? Because that might be why you didn't like it. Because there's a particularly huge scene towards right, the end tell of me, the movie. tell me the scene. Um, or spoilers for Crash. Because it, it is a movie that doesn't not deserve to be watched. It's not like it should be stricken from 
Hollywood's record of every it film. It shouldn't ever be made. like Kevin Spacey. No. Um, there's a scene where one of the characters earlier in the film, one of the characters has a young daughter, and he's a he's a Mexican character. He's a young daughter, and that's relevant because is it played by Michael Pena? I think it is. Um, <laughs> of course, it is. It might be. I don't know. Is he in the film? I'm pretty sure he is in the film. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he says to his daughter, "You know, you're always going to be protected because you've got this this cloak, this invincibility cloak." And he like, and it's also invisible. And he puts like a cloak over her, pretending. Then, like ages later in the movie, a racist iraqi store owner who thinks that this guy robbed him goes up to him with a gun and is like you you robbed my store and he didn't but he thinks it he's like you robbed my store you robbed my store and he's like dude i don't know what you're talking about i really don't want to get shot please calm down and as he's doing this his daughter looks out the window and sees his, his her dad with a gun pointed at him so she runs out and jumps into his arms because she's got the invincibility cloak on i'm getting shivers just talking about it and the gun goes off and the cover of crash is him screaming holding his daughter if you've seen the poster for crash it's that screenshot of him with his mouth agape holding his daughter whose wheel think has just been shot it's revealed the gun had blanks in it because the dude's daughter knew he's crazy and was like if you're gonna get a gun i'm gonna put blanks in it Anyway, the movie's got some really interesting parables in it about about racism, and they're heavy-handed. And yes, it's one of the worst Oscar winners, <laughs> but it's still—I don't—I wouldn't recall it a bad film. It's just—it's just too big for its britches, maybe. Michael Pena is actually not in it. Oh no, yes, he is. Um, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, is he the one on the cover? Daniel Ruiz. Oh, is that the guy on the cover? No, that, that's 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 his character's name. Oh, maybe. Um, I think I've seen up till the blowjob car crash. Oh, well, that's that's like the start of the movie. That's no, not. It's like halfway through. The blowjob car crash? Yeah. Dude, I've seen this movie 30 times. You can't beat me on this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the crash the, from Crash. <laughs> yeah. No, the crash is when Tandy Newton gets stuck under a 10-car yeah, that, pileup. No, that's oh, a okay, very different, there, yeah. it's a very different scene. Um, yeah, that's, oh, no, no, yeah, because, you know, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's Matt Dillon pulls her over for giving head to her husband. Terrence Howard. Later on in the film, she's in a car accident and Matt Dillon has to save her. Yeah, and, it's Ma- like, and Matt Dillon's a creep. Can you trust me even though I'm racist? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I've seen up to. Which is interesting. Like, oh. The film is about there are layers to people. Matt Dillon's a racist asshole who saves someone's life. You know, then... Um, his job. Com- compar- comparatively, there's another character in it who isn't racist and kills, <laughs> kills a black guy because he picks up one of the black characters he picks him up these are massive spoilers for crash he picks him up the whole movie this guy's been historically one of the best people in the film can't remember who it is but he picks up a hitchhiker a black hitchhiker and he the black guy who's a main character in the film as well they haven't met yet um notices that this guy has like a rosary around his um around his rear vision mirror and he goes he goes to show him that he's also got one in his pocket the other guy freaks out and shoots him because he thinks he's pulling out a gun you know so the movie's like there are racist people who can save your life and non-racist people who will literally kill you yeah maybe you should watch crash actually that sounds very good (laughs) (laughs) however it's it's so like the stuff you're saying like it's so ham-fisted oh yeah however brokeback mountain is one of the most important films ever made and should have beaten it i yeah (laughs) um another one that's like and i can't believe it didn't win but we've kind of said yeah like you described it perfectly but Shawshank Redemption not winning in 94. I just... Now like, considered one of the best films of all time. Forrest Gump, though. Okay, this is going to be another one for Aaron. 
really don't like Forrest Gump. Yeah, I, I can see why someone wouldn't like Forrest Gump. I can't see why someone wouldn't like Shawshank Redemption. Now, one of the, another biggest one, I mean, I, I, I Citizen Kane in 1941 losing to How Green Was My Valley. I haven't seen How Green Was My Valley. How Green by Was the, Your Valley, Richard. <laughs> by all accounts, it's How pretty Green good. Was green. Your Valley. It's uh, the funny that's in, it's in black and white, so you don't even get to see how green the valley. Hilarious! <laughs> you just described to you. That's so um, funny. But yeah, Citizen Why Kane. Why would you include color in your title if you don't have the capability to show color yet? You want to know something funny about the color green that I found out today? Yes. A colorblind a colorblind workmate of mine came up to me and said, "Dude, what color is peanut butter?" <laughs> and I said, "What would you say?" Like a brown. Green. I said, "I said brown," and he went. Fucking hell. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, I've just, I was just watching a thing where they casually mentioned that if you mention peanut butter is not green to a colorblind person, they'll freak out. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I thought it was green my whole life. He's in his 30s. Thought, he's like, I thought it was green my whole life. And we Googled pictures. I was like, that's green. That's peanut butter. Because there's like a pencil on top of a peanut butter. He's like, nah, they're the same color, man. And I was like, so are you colorblind? He's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought you were figuring this out now. It was just amazing that like he'd never... Just, how do you go that far in your life without... It being knowing, like, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know that anyone's ever allowed said what colour peanut butter no, is. No, no. Because then I was like, when he first asked me, I was like, this is going to be a trick question. Because it's brown, I guess, but it's a very light brown. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a dull orange almost, you know? Yeah. Um... So that's a hard one to talk about because we haven't seen how green was my valley. But Citizen Kane is actually is, is believe the hype. Believe it. Uh, Vertigo, another film. I would say don't believe the hype. Um, yeah, we, but best picture that you went to um, Gigi. It wasn't um, Vertigo. Wasn't even nominated. No, that's Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> G- Gigli. Yeah, is so, it Jennifer Garner? Um, J- 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 Lopez. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think you were they both married or something. Yeah, they were both married to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cool. That's it. Another one, another big one for me. 2014, uh, the Lego Movie wasn't nominated for best animated feature. I too have that written down. Yeah, um, big, big, big Hero, Hero Six. Six. Are you joking? Mo- probably the most overrated Disney movie. Yeah. Man, that's my one. Big Hero Six, like Lego Movie versus Big Hero Six, biggest Oscar yeah. snub I mean, of all time. And even this year, Lego Batman. Um, not being nominated, but Ferdinand and the Boss Baby are. So biggest snub of all time, AJ. Uh, the Lego movie. Aaron. Oh, no. Uh, 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 just like no no wins for Stanley Kubrick. No country for old men. <laughs> and I'm going to go no wins for, for Roger Deakins. Let's hope that changes. Yeah. And with that, we very quickly wrap up the cult bombshell. <laughs> Oscar season part two. Oscar season part two. Uh, this was the biggest Oscar snubs. What do you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Leave a comment. Like and subscribe. On YouTube. Is it real hot in the room you're in right now? You're supposed to go. And Facebook. And is it real hot in the room you're in right now? Because it's boiling in this Or SoundCloud. iTunes, perchance. Um, iTunes is the most important one, apparently. Yep. And, uh, yeah, leave us a review. It's actually, you know... Yeah, that's... Yeah, five stars or just don't do it. Yeah. Five stars or don't leave a review, basically. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um... Also, we made we have a new winger and troop out starring me and Aaron and Richard as, as voice talents. Um, 
check that out. He won't be nominated for Best Actor because voice voice acting mm. apparently isn't good enough. Um, so check that out on YouTube and, and Facebook. Um, you won't be nominated for Best Actor because your performance wasn't good enough. Do you need to? Anyway, that's, um, I've just been that's snubbed. <laughs> Thank right. you for listening. Goodbye.